It's the last time you're ever going to do this intro. I know. Here we go. Welcome to the good, the bad, and the podcast. The podcast where we take a genre of movie, an actor, or director, and we take a look at their best work, their worst work, and also their work that's just so ugly you just can't look away. My name is Micah. Hey, I'm Kelly. And I'm Charles. And as I mentioned last time, let's just go and get this out there. As I mentioned last time, uh, this is my last official co-hosting episode. Uh, I plan on coming back for guest spots if you you guys will have me. Um, uh, We will! Yay! So, um, what we're talking about today is something that I've been wanting to talk about since episode one. I'm talk- not talking about Phantom Minutes. Since, <laughs> <laughs> since the Journey Movies episode, I have wanted to talk about this particular guy, and it's the director, writer, Robert Rodriguez. Nice. Yeah. So you guys got any um, housekeeping stuff to talk about? <laughs> I don't want- we never just jump right in. So- we, always- we always do. Um, no, not really. I mean, we... We always just kind of shoot the breeze for a while. Yeah, but it's a more serious tone. I mean, it's the last one, so for you. Yeah. So, you know, just kind of, maybe we can extend it out. You know, just really want to savor the moment. Now, we all have our cerveza of choice in honor of Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. What, do, what do we have, Charles? I have no idea. I don't. I don't drink. It's, it's not of okay. choice because I was literally handed this right before this started. Uh, I, I, for those of you that and know you don't me, speak I'm, Spanish. Either, I don't. So. For those of you that that know me, you know I'm not a drinker at all. So, um, <laughs> you know, so but I will drink this for Micah as a toast to Micah and to Kelly. Clink. Clink. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so. I guess you're gonna hear us drink. Yeah, so we Cheers, we guys. had so we had to have Mexican beers because the movies that we're talking about, um, one of them, I mean, almost completely centers around Mexican beer. It's like every chance they get, they're drinking. And that's Desperado from 1995. Mm-hmm. We're also talking about The Faculty from 1998, and from 2014, Sin City to A Dame to Kill For. Now, I mentioned last time, before you say anything, I mentioned last time. I was going to say something else, but go ahead. When I was listing them off, I said Sin City from 2005, but I'm going to be talking about that one heavily, so that's why I was a little... No, I was going to say the last time I drank was uh, when we did the... was Kelly's... The Nashville. The Nashville one. The Nashville And I didn't even... We had those... Was it a buzz ball? Buzz balls. Oh, Oh, gosh. gosh. Those are disgusting. Those were so bad. This is a lot better. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Um... All right, so yeah, this is the tradition. Every time that one of us signs off in one way or another, we have to have a bottle. Yep. All right, so I think the, it's very fitting. I want to start off by asking Kelly a question because I know Charles's answer to this, but Kelly, okay. who is Robert Rodriguez? <laughs> um, well, to my knowledge, he is kind of a lower budget filmmaker. Would that be accurate? I mean, he. Yeah, that'd be accurate. In some respects. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I know he kind of has like a more of an underground following, and I, I don't know. I know he's made his famous El Mariachi uh, trilogy, Mm -hmm. which is what I know him the most for. I I admit that I'm not a a super huge Robert Rodriguez 
connoisseur. So I'll rely on you, Micah, to show me the ways. And the reason why I wanted to ask you that is because, uh, yeah, Robert Rodriguez is not one of those guys. He's not like Scorsese, and he's not like, uh, you know, any one of these guys that uh, you say their name and they, oh, yeah, of course, everybody knows who that is. But mm-hmm. I would argue, Charles, you probably would agree with me, too. He is one of the most influential directors in modern times. He's the rebel without a crew. He's the rebel without a crew. That is true. And so uh, this this podcast, this particular episode, I was kind of hinting to Charles this earlier, is that it's going to be a little bit of a different format because I, you know, whenever sometimes when you do your episodes and you, you too know this, that you have one that you just feel so strongly about, like, yes, this is my good or yes, this is my bad because I hate it so much. It's not going to be one of those episodes because I don't have like strong, strong feelings towards his movies. I more want to talk about, you know, just kind of like the guy itself. So anyway. Yeah, why not change it up on your very last yeah. time to talk? <laughs> if, if not now, when? Holy cow, you keep dropping stuff. Yeah, my I guess I got slick pants on or something. <laughs> I, everything I keeps falling out I don't want to think about that too much, to be honest. Listen, it's those, those leather chaps. <laughs> you know, El Mariachi, got to wear some leather chaps. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so... Uh, yeah, so this is my last one. I can talk however the hell I want to talk. That's right. <laughs> Boom. So, um, Robert Rodriguez. Uh, so, to kind of start this off, let me give you a glimpse or take a trip down memory lane to the year 2004. Now, 2004, uh, I was in college. That's showing my age. And I was um, near the end of college, and I had taken some film classes, really was falling in love with film, starting to watch a lot of these, you know, just a lot of the, like, the mainstream movies, or the, the main stay movies, I guess you could say. And um, I had decided at that point that I wanted to make my own film. And my idea started off as a short, and it developed into a feature film. And in the summer of 2004, I actually shot and edited my first feature-length film this one where your wife played the british gangster no 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 that was a short okay sorry that that was a fun one but uh and um it was uh called it was originally called the watchman but then i changed it to i am the watchman and uh it was a um it it was one of those things that i decided hey i want to do this i'm gonna go all out and do it and i did it and um it's not very good. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it's okay. But, you know, I'm looking at it through a very critical eye. But while I was doing it, while I was doing the uh, film, writing it, directing it, all that, uh, there were three source materials that I was using. One of them was Robert Rodriguez's, Robert Rodriguez's El Mariachi. The other one was Desperado. And the other one was this book right here. Rebel Without a Crew. Are you familiar with this book, Charles? I'm not. You're not? Okay, so I'm basically... Kidding. I just said the title like two seconds ago. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't even know you had the book. No, I have it sitting right here. <laughs> That's funny. It is right here in my lap. And yes, I read I'm very this, familiar with it. Yes, I read this and um, it is... Kelly, it's a book that is written by Robert Rodriguez basically chronicling how he made 
El Mariachi. Or, as the book says, how a awesome. 23-year-old filmmaker with $7,000 became a Hollywood player. Yeah. And, I mean... That's pretty cool. Amazing. Amazing how he did it. I mean, how he got funding for it and, like, the tricks that he did to make it look like a real, like a legitimate action movie. Mm-hmm. And um, so I studied this thing and studied these two movies. So a little bit about Robert Rodriguez. He was born in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, kind of a staple of the Central Texas area. Uh, he went to UT, and uh, he dropped out actually to make his own film, which was um, El Mariachi. And uh, that, when he made it, it got accepted to Sundance. And this is before Sundance is what it is now. It was legitimately an independent movie uh, festival, and he just took off after that. Did you want to say anything else about? Oh uh, no, no, that's. Um... I've, you know, he's, I've seen him speak at UT before. I've went and seen him, and it's really cool. Um, and, and he did a, and this is not really related to him per se, but he did a, he ran a, a contest uh, um, called Bloodshots. It was a 48-hour horror film contest um, that in Austin that he did, and we actually, we won it. So that was pretty cool. Um, but anyway, so yeah, that, 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 yeah, kind of like you, I just, he, he inspired, he was an inspirational guy. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing I I have about him, like, I want to love his movies, mm-hmm. but I don't always love his movies. That's true. So, and so Kelly, I think, you know, cause Charles can relate to this too, is that, and Charles, for those of you that don't know, he's, um, ha- has made a lot of shorts before. Uh, he has, uh, he's written quite a few things and it was someone, someone with his talent and, uh, I have the, the writing and I mean, Topher, who's been on here before. He's talented. Mark, who's been on uh, our podcast before, a very talented writer. Um, many of us look at Robert Rodriguez as, man, that's what I want to do. That's who I want to be. And so that was me back in 2004. And that's when I really got into these movies. And so let's, with all that, all that intro, let's it's jump true. into... It's very true, though. Very, very, very true. Yeah. Uh, let's jump into Desperado. Desperado 1995. Um, while I'm getting the synopsis, do you want to talk about your first time you saw it um yeah well so uh, desperado um it's a remake of el mariachi which el mariachi was his uh his first movie that we just talked about he made on seven thousand dollars yeah it's a sequel it's kind of a remake basically he got like a big hollywood budget and got some different actors um but yeah i mean it came out in 95 and i remember the first time i saw it actually i saw it on cinemax um in the the mid 90s and i just thought it was the coolest movie ever it was so stylish so quotable just every scene in it was an amazing action piece it was just good good characters it was fun you know and uh so that that was kind of my first hearing of him and then you know like mike was saying when i went to when i guess we went to college around the same time when i was in college i had a friend named carlos who had the rebel without a crew book and he was really passionate about rodriguez and we you know you're learning a lot and you're kind of developing your craft and all that and rodriguez is like i said we Everybody I knew like looked up to this guy and admired him. So, so let me actually take a couple of steps back for anybody that hasn't seen El Mariachi. Have you? Had, did you have a chance to watch El Mariachi at any? I know it wasn't one of the. I'm talking to Kelly. Yeah, I actually I didn't rewatch it for this podcast, but I have seen it. Before. Oh wow, because mm-hmm. it, it's kind of a, a deep cut in a way. Um, so El Mariachi basically is this guy comes into town. He's a guitar player. And he gets confused for a hitman named Azul. <laughs> and uh, 
he uh, because Azul carries around a a, uh, a guitar case full of guns, and so he gets confused and it's basically mistaken identity. He has to go on the run, and uh, he, he ends up at the end kind of being the hero and killing the uh, the main drug boss. So this one is a sequel of that where Antonio Banderas is El Mariachi and he's going into town and he's looking for the the other partner in the drug ring because I should say this they killed his girlfriend. They yeah. the drug ring killed his girlfriend at the end of El Mariachi, which it actually hints to they do uh, a few flashbacks. Yeah, they do a flashback where it's it's basically shot for shot the same scene, but Antonio Banderas instead of the original, original actor. actor. Yeah. And um, yeah, uh, so it's well, well, and in that opening scene with the, with Antonio Banderas singing, they do they have the two bad guys from El Mariachi. Yes, like when he lights yeah. the match on him. And, exactly. Yeah. Which okay, I'm I'm gonna get more into this, but I love that opening scene. I love that's one of my favorite credit scenes of all time. Especially when he jumps up on the bar, yeah, and he's doing his solo, and he comes uh, around, and he hits the guy yeah. with his the, the, which that would totally bust the guitar if he did that in real life. No, that's no, a reinforced guitar, it's totally... yeah, still reinforced. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, uh, the synopsis on IMDb literally just says a gunslinger is embroiled in a war with a local drug runner. But there's a lot yeah. more to it than that. There's a revenge story. And then he meets a girl, kind of falls for her. Sama Hayek is one of her first movies, I yep. think. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, you know, this little Mexico town just gets blasted in a drug war, essentially, yeah. at the yeah. by, by the end of it. So, uh, I guess you know what I'm going to pick this one as. That's my good. <laughs> I wasn't sure. I don't know. It's my good. Because <laughs> you were like, I'm not passionate about any of these movies. Well, well okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm passionate about the idea of this movie. So, Kelly, I want to get your opinion of this movie before I go on. So, I really like this movie. Um, I, I knew slash hoped that it was going to be your good. Um, I mean, like I said, I don't have a ton of knowledge about Robert Rodriguez movies in general. But, like, I thought this was really good. This was the second time I've seen it. Um I've seen the trilogy before because my husband, Zach, is really into Robert Rodriguez as well. And funny story, he actually, so the song that plays during that infamous love scene. Oh, oh, the love scene. Okay. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh I know where you're going with this one, Kelly. Okay. We had this conversation before. We did. Yeah. So so (laughs) him and uh, Selma Hayek, this, this scene, this love scene. Yeah. Zach used to live in San Antonio and he was working in a furniture warehouse and he worked with this guy, Alex, who was like this big kind of Danny Trejo-esque <laughs> Mexican guy who had like had a beer with George Strait and was just like really badass. And so Alex apparently told Zach, he was like, this song came on the radio, they were discussing the movie. And he was like, you can never make love with a woman to this song unless you intend to marry her. And was, so this is like what this is, the it's association intense. that I have with it. It is. It's totally intense. So, um, but, the, but the thing is, like, that's just a little anecdote. But, I mean, it, it's a great scene. Selma Hayek and Antonia Banderas throughout the whole movie, they have great chemistry. Uh, I love the way it's shot. I love that opening scene where he's... Um, well, actually, I don't even think Antonio Banderas is in this scene, but when, um, what's his name, Quentin Tarantino kind of 
<laughs> has a small role and he comes in and it's like this long scene where they're they're kind of bantering back with the bartender and he's talking about this joke that he heard about you know peeing into a glass from however far away yeah. and then it ends up going in a totally different direction but i don't know i just think this is a really unique movie and it's it's really good i liked a lot i i agree with with what you both of you are saying, Charles, what you said that every it's almost like every scene, just the way it's shot is so stylized and it's it's like fully realized, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, interestingly enough, the not the well, the the bar fight scene. Um, I love how it's juxtaposed against the very first scene where, you know, he's in shadow the whole time and, you know, the biggest Mexican you've ever seen. And, yeah. you know, and uh, it, it, he's almost like a legend. You know, he's talked up to be a legend. But then the bar fight scene is so uh, visceral. It's so, it, it, like when he shoots it, the ceiling fan down. Yeah, it, it's so like um, like he's not planned at all. You can see Antonio Banderas does a great job, too, because you can see he's not he's not cool during the scene. He's like. He's nervous and he has no idea what's going to happen next. And then, you know, he's, he's scrambling around for guns. And I mean, just that, yeah. and that whole scene, you know, is edge of your seat, but it's also the style, the perfect, perfect way to talk about Robert Rodriguez's style. He calls it guerrilla filmmaking. And <laughs> what he literally does is he blocks out the scene either the night before or while like he and Ben, he and Banderas would basically just stand there and go, okay, what, what should we do next? And they would pl- they would, that entire scene, all, all it said on paper was there's a bar fight and they basically just shot by shot. They would come up with ideas right there. Like, Oh, how about we have all these guns lying around and we keep on trying to shoot each other with a gun, but they're all unloaded until we finally get that one, you know? And it, that's even now i get excited about the idea of that filmmaking you know yeah and um anyway so it it obviously received a lot of critical uh respect a lot of um uh viewer respect you know he rodriguez and antonio banderas at that point he was i don't know what he been in in that time um uh, interview with a vampire probably yeah he well he was a he was yeah. a uh, spanish because he's from spain he's a, he was a spanish star at the time well there's that one movie where there's he's like the singers him and his brother like armand armand desante and they're like two lounge singers or something i don't know i don't think of what that one's called that was one of his first ones because in that movie he didn't speak english at all they were having to like phonetically tell him his lines off oh camera. wow yeah but that was like right before desperado so so desperado is really what skyrocketed him to start oh for sure and Salma Hayek yeah um and I mean he just he is and will always be El Mariachi to me Antonio Banderas I mean he just is so stinking perfect but the sequel is terrible which one to El Mariachi to Desperado I mean Oh, um, once upon a time, once in upon Mexico. time, Mexico. Okay, so let's let's before we get there, because uh, actually, you know, what? we can talk about it now. The reason it's terrible it's... is because they they flash back to the movie that we wanted. Like exactly. that's that's what I hate. It's like <laughs> it's like they tease all this. They keep going back with this cool adventure with him and Summer Hike. That's the movie we wanted to see. Instead, we get this really bad Johnny Depp. Yeah, Johnny Depp is the main character in it. Yeah, it's and it's and... he's really cheesy and. And also another reason I don't like it, it was, it was one of the movie, the first movie shot digitally. It's all wide release. True. Yeah. And he, I believe he shot it on the same camera that George Lucas was using for um, Attack of the Clones, because um, I believe I read somewhere it's a Sony camera. I can't remember which one, but 
I hate those cameras. Like they look so digital to me. Was it the X L one? No, no. Oh, no. God, it's way better than that. <laughs> Jeez, Louise, these are professional. This is no, like that was twenty nine. Uh, um, that's a Canon anyway, but that's yeah. Canon's XL one. It's like a consumer. This, these are professional cameras, but they were, um, they it, like literally George Lucas brought it to him, I, I believe, and they were showing footage, and and that's Rodriguez went down that path, this digital path, because he could, he could edit it faster, he could do it faster, and I honestly think that was a huge mistake because, you know, he, El Mariachi and Desperado were both shot on film. Um, faculty was shot on film. You, then he suddenly became this digital director, and he went even cheaper. And it, like, I think it really hurt his quality. I really do. Well, and so this is the, this was the problem with uh, Once Upon a Time Mexico. El Mariachi, fully realized film. Desperado, fully realized film. And then you get to Once Upon a Time Mexico, and you don't know what it's supposed to be. Is it a story <laughs> about the CIA agent? Is it a story about El Mariachi? Is it a story about um, I can't even, the, um, uh, Federale, uh, what's, what's her name? Eva Mendez. Is it her, you know, is it following her? It, it doesn't know what it's supposed to be. And the other thing I don't like about it is that, um, and I, I didn't like it at the time when I saw it too. I know this is nitpicking, but I don't like that they reuse Danny Trejo, Cheech Marin. Uh, you know, it's kind of like, wait, no, that's not, that doesn't make sense in my mind because you got El Mari, Antonio Banderas is El Mariachi. You can't, yeah, but it's kind of like it's kind of like uh, the Man with No Name trilogy. Like a lot of the characters showed up playing different parts. That's true. That doesn't bother me as much. But again, like I said, they flash back occasionally to show this cool adventure with him and Selma Hayek, and that's mm-hmm. the movie we all wanted. Right. But she's not in it. She's only in the flashbacks. Mm-hmm. And that just instead we get Mickey Rourke and um, who's the guy, the main villain, um, Willem Dafoe. I mean, yeah. It's just really bad. Willem Dafoe doing like a bad Mexican accent and, and Mickey Rourke with a chihuahua. Yeah. I, I don't really understand what Mickey Rourke was even doing in this movie, to be honest. Yeah. I don't know. So we digress. The faculty. <laughs> Let's go back to 1998 and talk about the faculty. Um, well, oh, before we get there. Uh, so as I was saying, it really launched Rodriguez into stardom mm-hmm, at that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, really, you can credit a lot of what influences a lot, a, a lot of filmmakers today is the, I, I guess you can call them the four musketeers of indie film. You know what I'm talking about? Tarantino, Tarantino. Rodriguez, uh, Linkletter, uh-huh. and uh, Kevin Smith. Which actually, we've talked about three out of four of those. Uh-huh. Richard Linkletter is who I'm talking about. Because um, uh, we haven't done a Richard Linklater. Well, it's like that thing yet. that you sent me and Kelly on Facebook, um, right? About Kevin Smith, and he's talking about you know seeing Slacker and all that. And he talks about other mariachi mm-hmm. then too, and how mm-hmm. um, and and how Rodriguez was such an inspiration to him. To, Rodriguez was an inspiration for Kevin Smith to just go out there, grab a camera, and do mm-hmm. his movie. Which is, I mean, right there, that's a great legacy to have. You know, if you inspired Kevin Smith and then Kevin Smith has inspired so many other people as well. Mm -hmm. So then you get the faculty in 1998. And if if I was to describe Robert Rodriguez from Desperado era, I would say he's the golden child. He's the one that, you know, all the studios were clamoring after we have we have to go for this talent. We have to go for this vision. And then you get to faculty I would describe him as he's now the studio man. 
He's the or the studio stooge is another way to describe it. And and professionally, I think this is a part where he he went where the other guys not so much. Tarantino, Linkletter, and Smith all did their own stuff still. Uh, because 1998, um, uh, that was near Jackie Brown, came mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Uh, After Pulp Fiction, of course. Of course, yeah. Uh, um, Chasing Amy was 96? Uh, or 7. 97? Or, yeah, okay, so it was right around the same time. And then Link Letter in 98 was doing um, Dazed and Confused. So they all, or I guess that was about 96. Yeah, I don't remember, but yeah, yeah, I get to take your but, point. They're, but, they're in five years difference. But they're all, but these four, these other three guys are doing their own, like unique vision stuff, and then all of a sudden Rodriguez is doing faculty. So Kelly, give me well, let me give a synopsis of the faculty, and then give me your thoughts. Well, and okay. do you want to say whether it's your bad or ugly? Uh, let's let Kelly speak for us, and okay. then uh, students suspect that their teachers are aliens after bizarre occurrences. Man, these are really bad synopsises. <laughs> I know they are. I'm, that's literally the IMDb synopsis. But go ahead, Kelly. I mean, it's not wrong. It's just bad. No, it's not. <laughs> it's, just... it's just, yeah. Well, so I'll just come out and say I did. I really didn't like this movie. I'm gonna guess it was your bad. You um, would be right. Yes. <laughs> well, the reason. So the reason I think that is because. You know, and, and again, I don't have a ton to compare it to in terms of movies that he's directed, but when you watch Desperado and you watch Sin City, like, I could easily be like, okay, yes, these were directed by the same person. They kind mm-hmm. of have a similar gritty flair, and I just, like, I would never have known that the faculty was directed by the same guy that did those two. It's just so different, and it's so weird, and it doesn't, like, whereas... Um, Desperado had all these moments of poignancy and wit and and cleverness and good acting. Like the faculty just didn't have any of that stuff for me. I mean, it just it was it was an odd concept, and I didn't think it was executed very well. And that that's the same way for me too. I actually of all of these movies, most likely I saw the faculty first. Because, you know, it's a, it's a high school movie. And I was in high school around there. And so, you know, it appealed to my market. You were seeing that right before Varsity Blues. Yeah, exactly. Double feature. It was a double, <laughs> was a double feature. The yeah. faculty then a quick shot of Varsity Blues. <laughs> and uh, it wasn't until, you know, at least five years later that I saw Desperado or El Mariachi. I forgot which one I saw first. But it wasn't. And then I found out, oh, wait, that was directed by the same guy? That's... That doesn't make sense. Now, it wasn't written by him. It was written by somebody else, two other guys, David Welcher and Bruce Kimmel. Um, but it just, it has, there's nothing to it that you can point to and say, yep, that's definitely a Rodriguez. Yeah, it's pretty generic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's a terrible film like you guys think. Apparently. I, well, I, and th- that's the thing. I don't think it's terrible. I think it's fine. It's just disappointing that it's, yeah, Rodriguez. No, I guess I, I get what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. It, I guess it's the same feeling where in the Kevin Smith how uh, cop out, you know, cop <laughs> out, cop out. You look at that and you go, really? That's Kevin Smith because it has no Kevin Smith fingerprint on it. Right. That's the same way with this one. Right. Um, there's not really much more to tell about it. 
it's it's i actually think there's a lot of cool parts in it like i i do like the creature effects you know i like the alien i like the way the alien looks and yeah I, I the acting t- is really poor though yeah. it's like really poorly directed and i hate oh. to say that about him but and i don't know if that's his fault or not but it's it's the there's not a single actor in this that feels real like a real person yeah. it's very no, campy and cheesy and also the very cliche you know you've got the nerd who doesn't talk to anybody you've got the jock you've got the stoner yeah i mean it's breakfast club. Hey, but you have really good actors in it though that's the thing oh yeah elijah wood and yeah. josh hartnett is a good actor yeah mm-hmm. sama hayek's in it yeah yeah you got a lot of those i guess that's the only fingerprint that is uh, <laughs> rodriguez is you got some of his Regular. favorite actors in well it. okay can i say though this is a spoiler for the movie so there's aliens one of the ways they figure out if you're an alien or not they do this little test where they have to snort this drug that that they have um and if if you snort it, it you know then you're and you don't die then you're human and if you freak out you're alien so they they have one of the girls snorts it and then later on it's revealed that she can adapt and she was able to like block her nostril and then have her 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 pinky finger like knock the bottom of it off that has always bothered me wouldn't the rest of the people see this thumb or this this pinky finger knock this stuff out and all this powder fall to the floor like somehow she fooled them. Yeah. It's like, wouldn't you see that? I mean, they're watching carefully to make sure nothing. I don't know. That has always bothered me. But somehow she fools them, and they don't know she's the alien. This yeah, really bothers I mean, me. I think you're you're thinking too deep into this movie. Well, now. I'm not. But, but that's but that's like one of the, like the twist of it that she fooled them, and that basically anybody can be an alien. And I right. just feel like it was so unnecessary because. Throughout the movie, people will disappear, and when they come back, they don't know if they're an alien or not. Could have been the exact same way, but no, yeah. this one's got to have a fake out this way. It's like, yeah. It's, it's, well, yeah. Um, my favorite part of the whole movie is that whenever I'm using a paper cutter at work, <laughs> I always think about Josh Hartnett ripping off the paper cutter and using it against John Stewart. Yeah. Which John Stewart's in this movie, which is he's a teacher. That he's was, a, that yeah. was yeah. bizarre. Isn't that odd? Yeah. It's the one that gets bit and then screams, cusses. In fact, when he started on the uh, Daily Show, uh, that was I went, oh, that's the guy from the faculty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. That that's true. He has the freak out. Uh it's so, a pretty funny mom. I mean, I, I like him in the movie. So then, actually, if you look at his timeline, the next thing he does, he takes a long break. And I think he John actually, Stewart? No, no, no. no Robert Rodriguez. Uh, uh, he, he comes back. Actually does the Spy Kids movies. Uh, which, okay, so I, I know you probably think, why is not one, why is the, one of the Spy Kids movies not you're ugly or you're, you're um, bad? Or why is a shark boy, boy and, and lava, lava girl? girl? But I got to take into account, he's doing kids movies. I kind of see that as he's stepping to the side to do kids movies. I'm fine with that. I, I really, as a, as a father myself, I'm fine. If he wants to do some movies for his kids, cause obviously he cannot show them sin city or once upon a time in Mexico, you know? So I'm fine with that. But when he does finally come back into his true form, um, in 2005 with sin city, I remember, there was a huge hype around that. Like Rodriguez is back. I mean, as far as us nerds were concerned. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Everybody was, you know, just up in arms. Rodriguez is back. Oh boy, this is going to be amazing. And this is where I think that he turns from the 
studio guy to basically saying, screw you guys, I'm doing my own thing. And if you like it, you like it. You don't, you don't. That's how I feel about he did with Once Upon a Time in Mexico. It, that's true. That's true. It, it was a little bit. But this one was groundbreaking what he did with Sin City. Uh, I, I, I would, if, if I was to put a label on Rodriguez at this time, I would call it visionary. Because he did some really cool stuff. Now, I before you start in, Link Letter, I know, with Scanner Darkly, did very similar type of things with the digital effects afterwards. And But I think Rodriguez really perfected it with Sin City. What do you got? Well, okay, so I, I like the comics, uh, the graphic novels of Sin City. Um, I don't love Sin City. That's why it's my ugly. It's yeah, but you're doing Sin City too, though. I'm, I, I'm doing, about Sin yeah, City. I'm doing, okay. Are you mixing them, or would, what would you say, I, Sin I, City? I say, I, I'm kind of considering both because they're both they're very very similar. So Sin City two is your ugly. If we had to, yeah, if we had to be technical, Sin City two, Dame to Kill for is my ugly, but I'm kind of mixing in the idea of Sin City. Just I like general. the first one a lot more, but Sin City two. I hate. It's one of the worst movies I've seen. So before we get into it, let me uh, give a synopsis. So I'm going to skip to, yeah, SimCity, uh, A Dame to Kill For. Uh, Some of SimCity's most hard-boiled citizens cross paths with a few of its most viled, reviled inhabitants. Um, Also not a great description. Yeah, and then SimCity, uh, a firm... A film that explores the dark and miserable town Basin City and tells the story of three different people all cut up in violent corruption. Now, Kelly, mm-hmm. was this your first time to see the Sin City movies? It was. I've still not seen the original Sin City. Okay. Um, so I, I don't know if I can, you know, I don't know if my commentary should be viewed in the same way as somebody who has seen both of them because I can't compare it. But What are your thoughts on the Dame to Kill for? I mean, it was it was bad, but it would be my ugly, honestly. I mean, I I can see. I assume it's your ugly. It it must yeah, be your ugly. But um, yeah, I mean, Zach and I were watching it. Like, I think it was kind of. I I don't think it was supposed to be funny, but we were we were we were enjoying ourselves. We were cracking up, and I mean, I'd watch it again. I'd watch it one hundred times before I watch The Faculty again. Like, it's <laughs> it's still fun. I mean, it's cheesy as all get out, and crazy stuff's happening but i mean i I don't know it's a classic ugly movie to me the first one was so much better and i don't even like i said i don't really like the first one part of it is um and i and actually i said this right when i got out of the screening of it it's it's like this male fantasy and i get that the source materials like that i get that he slavishly followed the graphic novel i mean the shots are the same the dialogue is verbatim he co-directed it with Frank Miller, who wrote the Sin City graphic novels. Um, But I've always had a problem with that because film is a different medium. You don't have to be that specific. You know, you really don't have to make it exactly the same because in the end, all that, that male narration, that pulpish noir thing they have going on really gets repetitive and monotonous. And I, I, so there's something with Rodriguez where I don't think he's an actor's director. He doesn't, Usually the actors don't give great performances. They're standouts. Like, Mickey Work in the first Sin City is amazing. Amazing. Like, I really thought he should have been nominated for an Oscar for that movie. In the second one, he's terrible. Um, but in the first one, he's amazing. But the worst one in the first one is 
you know, is uh, is Bruce Willis and uh, Michael Madsen. Michael Madsen is a good actor, but in that movie, he's it's so tone deaf. You know, it's it's you got a bum ticker, and I think just I don't know. I saw like basically it's this male fantasy thing, and it's like a twelve year old's wet dream. That movie. I mean, there's nudity and lots of over the top violence and all this stuff, and it. I just, even though it was a lot like the graphic novel, and even though I liked the graphic novel, I really wish they'd adapted it differently for the film. And yeah, it was visionary, and it was really cool with the effects they did, and the fact that it's all on green screen, but that just ushered in like a new type of filmmaking, which you could argue is good, but again, it reminds me so much of George Lucas and Star Wars, and everybody hates that about the prequels, how they're all fake and not very well acted. Rodriguez did the same thing with this movie. It's not well acted, and it looks fake. Uh, you know it's green screen. It's too slick. I don't know. But people seem to really praise this movie while, you know, damning the prequels. I don't I don't get that. So yeah, my my thought on it, and the reason why I, I say the Rodriguez is a visionary here, because at this point, the Sin City was the turning point for him that he became completely a visual director. Mm-hmm. And that is not a good thing. So visually, this movie looks great. I mean, yeah, almost no, I, every, I, I agree. Almost every frame you could take take it and put it on your wall well, because it's. Just... When I say fake in Sin City, I don't mean it's not that it looks. I mean, there are, there are a few shots here and there, but what I mean, when I say with fake on that movie in particular. I just mean it's very digital. Mm-hmm. It 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 it. I, I don't like the way it's shot. I, I don't like a lot of it, but yes, it looks great. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't look real to me. It 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 looks great. I think that if he was, if he was going for the, well, he he's trying to make it look like the comic book. And right. That's what I mean. That. That's what I mean. It looks like the comic book. That's how he wants it to look. And, and I, I'm the, wanting something that's more realistic. Like I really wish they could have made this a more realistic take of that graphic novel instead right. of just being so much like the graphic novel. And so and so this is where I say that he, that he's a great visual director from this point on. Because he knows how he wants it to look. He gets it to look exactly how he wants it to look. And he's so obsessed with the look of it that he forgets, oh, yeah, I'm trying to tell a story here. Yeah. Because the story, oh, my gosh. I mean, even while I was watching, I was going, back in 2005, I was going, this is really pretty, but I don't care anything about any of these characters. There's no connection to the characters. The story, really... It's all over the place. I mean, yeah. at for a graphic novel, and I haven't read all the graphic novel. I've just kind of uh, read through them. For a graphic novel, it works fine because of the pacing of it. But for a movie, oh, man, it's just, it drags, and there's nothing that happens. And I'm talking about both, too. The second one, absolutely, hands down, the worst one of yeah. them. But um, it just really just uh, wanders aimlessly well and especially it also feels cliche now like like the eva green character is like you've seen that femme fatale in so many movies you know she's manipulating men you know sooner or later she's going to get her comeuppance and all that it's just and and then there were a lot of new pieces that uh frank miller wrote just for the movie the whole thing with joseph gordon levitt that's not the graphic novel it's completely original piece and it i don't like that either um so I don't know. And then, uh, is it Nancy? Uh, Nancy's character that that's also brand new for the movie. When she gets all stitched up. Yeah. And... So that you know Jessica Alba. But that's that's a, so really the only piece that's actually part of the graphic novel originally is the 
Dame to Kill for, which is the um, Josh Brolin and Eva Green part. The rest is brand new for the movie. So, and that's, and it's not a great, I didn't, I, I don't know. I just feel like that wasn't great. And then the new stuff wasn't great either. So, so as a fan of film noir, Kelly, what are your thoughts on it? Oh, I mean, it was pretty derivative, but at the same time, like, I don't, I don't know if, I don't know. I don't know if I necessarily agree hundred percent with the fact that it, I, I, I I don't know how to describe exactly what I'm trying to say, but it didn't, it did not bother me. I was kind of intrigued by the noir aspect and it was a little bit cheesy. Like the fact that her eyes were different color than the black and white, that like, that was a little bit cheesy that that they were green or blue or whatever with the black and white contrast. But um, I don't know. I thought that was kind of cool. Like it, it, like I said, it didn't bother me. I thought this was kind of a fun movie not good not you know no, nobody's saying it's like a masterpiece or anything but i mean i don't know for this this straddled the line to me um just enough over the like so bad it's good kind of thing um and and i think the noir element played into that too so let's let's kind of take a step back and look at Remember how I said, you know, Rodriguez is one of the four musketeers of indie film. So let's look at what they were back then in the 90s and then jump back to uh, where they are now. Uh, Where are they now? (laughs) So you got Tarantino, who just released, you know, about it. Was it two years ago? The Hateful Eight? 2015, yeah. Okay, released The Hateful Eight, which was nominated for... Um, oh, lots of stuff, actually, lots right? Lots of stuff, yeah. Uh, then you have, uh, in, you know, just with Golden Globes, with all of it, uh, you know, Linkletter, who was uh, just a prime candidate for Best Picture and Best Director back Boyhood. in 2014 with Boyhood. Um, Kevin Smith, and he's doing his his things with, you know... Yeah, he's kind of going off the deep end a little yeah, bit, but, I, but he's, he's having fun, and that's cool. Yeah, and then Rodriguez who i i know he's doing what he loves the he does the machete movies oh, man those he, are so bad yeah he did he, you did you watch you've seen them i, I guess i don't even want to see them you haven't seen either one of them no i don't care about them because i you know why because i saw grindhouse and i saw well, how horrible well, planet terror was well, hold on, let's let's back up a second though so grindhouse is a perfect example because you had for those of you that don't know grindhouse was a double feature now, it, it was released over Easter, and it bombed. Not many people went and saw it, so the producers freaked out. They split it into two movies, and they they added extra scenes to both movies to make them longer and more standalone. Um, but it was, a, it was a double feature with Tarantino. Tarantino did a movie called Death Proof. Rodriguez did one called Planet Terror, um, and they had fake trailers in front of them. One of them was a fake trailer called Machete that was starring Danny Trejo, and it would, that was kind of the highlight of the movie. It was one of the best. Um, and, and that was cool. But the thing about it is when you put a Tarantino movie next to a Rodriguez movie, there's some pretty stark comparisons to be had there. And one of them is that Tarantino, his thing is he likes to take a genre and sometimes they're genres you wouldn't expect like a blaxploitation or even a Western. And he takes that genre and he makes a good movie out of it. Right. And I think he did that with Death Proof. I love Death Proof. I think it's cool. It's a revenge flick. It's a lot of stuff, but it's cool. 
Tar- or, One of the best car chases. Of right, all right, time. right. And Kurt Russell's awesome in it. But uh, Rodriguez d- didn't quite understand that. Instead, he takes a zombie movie, and it's like he's mocking it. He's it's very campy and over the top. He's not he's not elevating it. He's just kind of adding another bad example to the mix. And he's making fun of it, and it's just a weird tone. And it's very digital and very cheesy and cheesy effects and low budget, right? And that's what he thinks is a good movie, I guess. But but the Tarantino one was shot on film, and it was it's a cool movie. And you know that's and what I'm saying. Like, like it's kind of that's that's what you when they made Grindhouse together. I feel like that was the point where, you know, <laughs> the best way I can explain it is you know you've got a buddy in high school or in college and you guys are on the same level together and then you're away from each other for a while and then you come back together and you are married with a job and with kids and your buddy is still out you know trying to pick up chicks at some club every Saturday night and you go I love you buddy but really I'm just we're not in the same place that's how I feel like Tarantino and Rodriguez were with Grindhouse. That they came together and Tarantino went, Ah, Robert, I love you, but... Or how would Tarantino say it? That's not bad. You know, yeah, I, you know, I love you, but... Uh, yeah, There'd just, be more F-bombs you, in you there. Gotta, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but like I said, I mean, and I know there's a lot of people that love the Planet Terror movie. Like, they, like, they think the, the Tarantino one's, you know, way too slow. But I don't know. I feel like, like I said, Tarantino takes questionable movies questionable genres and makes them better mm-hmm. that's what he does and and I, I don't know so so and i i even hinted at this on the first episode that we did is like i said every i would say every aspiring film person in our generation wanted at some point to be robert rodriguez yeah but now would you say the same thing? Not anymore. I mean, I, 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 what was Sin City two the last Rodriguez movie? Uh, yes. I mean, to me, it used to be a big deal when I hear Rodriguez film. Even, even if it was you know all the cheesy Spy Kids and Shark Boy and Lava Girl and all that. Like I, I don't know. I, I, I just they, they've all kind of disappointed me. Like I said, I really want him to make a good movie, and I, I just. I don't know. I don't know what's happened to him. Yeah, what I really want to happen, I really, really would love for him to get a hold of a good script, not written by him. He doesn't need to write it. But somebody to write a really good script for him and then for him to put his style, maybe not even action movie. Maybe try to find like a a drama. Kind of like... Who did the um, Brokeback Mountain? Oh, Ang Lee. Ang Lee. Ang Lee. There we go. Ang Lee, who can, who's done, you know, some crazy off the wall movies, but then comes to it comes in and does Brokeback Mountain. You know, I think that Rodriguez could do something along those lines. You know. Well, that's on a different note. I I have always wanted Schwarzenegger to do a nice dramatic movie, and I'm not kidding. I've always, mm-hmm. I think there's more with Schwarzenegger, just like I think there's a lot more with Rodriguez. You know, Topher and I used to talk about that. If Schwarzenegger's biggest thing is his accent, people laugh at the accent, and he just kind of played into that. And Rodriguez is doing the same thing. He's known for making movies super cheap and low budget. And it's like he just needs to get out of that or figure out a way to use that. If Schwarzenegger made a movie that was in German, it could be an awesome drama. Right. right. 
if Rodriguez made a low-budget action film again, it would be amazing. And it, and the thing is, technology's caught up where the digital cameras are so much better, so much cleaner, easier to use, lower... I mean, I feel like there's he could reinvent it all over and make something awesome. Yeah. But, yeah. So, Kelly, do you have any final thoughts on Robert Rodriguez? No, I, I mean, I honestly enjoyed learning a little bit more about him. I mean, I think he's a cool guy. I mean, I had always heard sort of the legend around him about being a, able to do a lot with, a, with not a lot of funds. Um, so I think this was a great topic. I liked the movies. I enjoyed watching them. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it was a good pick. And for those of you that regularly listen to us, yes, I realize this is completely different than <laughs> what we, uh, a different uh, style of uh, podcast than we usually do. This is more of a discussion, and it's really long, too. How long is it right now? So right, right now it's 50 minutes, but this is my last episode. It can be 50 minutes, okay? <laughs> you earned it. Say I earned that. it. In fact, for my last episode, I want to take a quick walk down memory lane because I came up with a top five of my favorite episodes that we've done. And for all those you are podcast listeners, like I love podcasts. I really do. I listen to a lot. I would sit here and suggest all the ones I listen to. Uh, one that is a movie podcast that you have to check out, Cinephiles. Cinephiles is amazing. Uh, they take a movie a week and they literally just break it down. I mean, like analyze it, dissect it. And it's great movies, too. Uh, ironically, they're doing Armageddon this week, mm. which we actually <laughs> talked about Armageddon. We talked like a year ago. Yeah, but, you know, they do they do really, really good movies. They did French Connection last week. Check them out for sure. But if you're wanting to check out some more Good Bad Podcasts, here's the ones that I recommend. Here, you ready for my top five? All right, in no particular order. Film Noir, our second episode. Yes. I know that I, I, I know that it's rough. I know it's it's a little rough like audio we hadn't tweaked it yet we're still trying to figure out things but the movies we, we still watched... haven't figured out things <laughs> what are you talking about here it is 44 and we still haven't got it but uh film noir i love that one uh because that's when uh kelly introduced me to a world of classic movies that i've grown to love uh, uh also uh number five the santa claus movies it was our christmas special <laughs> We couldn't get past most of it because we were giggling so much. Uh, of course, again, we're still trying to figure out the audio, so it's just you know not 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 quite there, but it's it's hilarious. I love it. Uh, Kelly, another one of yours, May West movies. Yes. Go ahead. Yes. Give me your best May West. I don't do a May West. I sound, I don't know. Sound Kelly. Like Yoda. <laughs> Want to come up sometime on the steamer? No. No. In that episode, we just did that for like five minutes. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And also, I think that we've made a Mae West reference or a Sextet reference every single Sextet. episode <laughs> since then. That's true. Yes. Uh, the uh, car movies. The car movies. I loved that one. That one was so much fun because those all those movies that you suggested were just a blast. Mm-hmm. That was one of Charles's. Yeah, yeah 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 and then um I, I would say the next one the shark movies i love doing the shark movies dr mike was with us for that one yeah 
and uh we talked about sharks <laughs> yes we did like 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 a week or so after shark week yeah we were we spent the first like <laughs> like two <laughs> minutes of the episode talking about how we missed shark week and we should have planned it out better it's it's a trend we have when you wait six months between episodes you know <laughs> yeah, that's how it happens <laughs> So check out if if you're if you're trying to find, say hey you know what these guys sound pretty good let me check out some other episodes those episodes you should definitely check out. <laughs> what, are, what are some of your favorite ones? Uh, we were talking about that the other day actually. Um, yeah, one of mine one of my favorites is the doctors episode. Oh yeah, that is <laughs> that's another Doctor Mike one. No, no, we didn't have Dr. Mike for that, did we, or did we? No, we didn't. We didn't. didn't. It was was the week after. Yes. Yeah, it was. was. I think we announced Dr.'s episode while Dr. Mike was sitting right there. He was like, what the heck, guys? (laughs) But the fight, like, that one just, I mean, I am obsessed with the movie Magnificent Obsession, and talking about that one with you guys just sends me into fits of cackling every single time i listen to because, she gets, because she's blinded by being hit by a car <laughs> well and then there's the angel in the operating room or whatever yes. that we don't even know if he's really there or not it and is the baby a magnificent little. obsession <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah i love it i yeah, love it that's a really good one charles <laughs> give us one I don't know. There's a, I'm, I'm trying to think because I mean, we're talking about some of my favorite ones are usually Kelly's because they're, they're movies that I haven't seen. Um, like Barbara Stanwyck was good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, I mean, we've done like 40 of these or there's 44. So 44. it's pretty crazy because we started in 2014. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, I would just like to say, Micah, too, since this is your last episode, like this is one of the most fun things that I do. I love talking movies with you guys. Um, it won't be the same without you. I do we too. love you, and it's it's been it's been really really fun. And Kelly, I want to say to you uh, that you have such an incredible artistic uh, eye for movies, and you have opened the door for a lot of movies for me. And uh, you are really brilliant with your uh, evaluation of those movies and all the aspects of them. And I just have so much respect for you and uh, what you, how you see things. Thanks, Micah. And, uh, oh. There's a silence for me in my corner. He like, looked at, <laughs> he's like, Charles, thanks for the free candy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> no, Charles, seriously. Uh, I love I've, this. The whole idea of Good Bad Podcast. Uh, well, it actually came from Topher in you, but. <laughs> But the whole idea of us sitting around and talking came from just you and me on lunch breaks going and mm-hmm. just talking movies and going back and forth and disagreeing and arguing. And and uh, I, I knew, gosh, I, I, I love talking about movies. I love watching them. And who better to talk about? Because you've got, uh, again, such good thoughts on movies. Uh, you've got such a wide range uh and uh well and that's kind of why i think the podcast works i know that sounds weird coming from the pe- people that are making the podcast but all three of us have our different perspectives on movies like you're mm-hmm. talking about kelly you know the, it's the classics and open your eyes and stuff i like bad movies yeah you do and <laughs> so when we watch a movie it's gonna be bad movie that's what i kind of like to i don't know but and what what i love too is that in the past two and a half years uh kelly i can watch a movie 
and I know exactly which one it is for you. <laughs> I know like, oh, I know, I know Kelly. I know that this is her bad because of this and this and this. And nine times out of 10, when we start recording, I'm right. Yep. That's but true. With Charles, that's true. I, how long have I known you, Charles? A long time now. A long time. Like I said, we, we used to work together. So. And I still don't know what's going to come out of his <laughs> mouth. <laughs> well, that, I like to shake it up. That's the thing, too. I, I do like. It. I just love it. Like, okay, another great episode. This is number six. Um, uh, modern, no, no, classic tearjerkers. Classic tearjerkers. <laughs> Kelly and I spend about five to seven minutes bashing love story. Yes. And then finally we go, Charles, what do you think? He's like, I love this movie. This is a great movie. I'm like, I was blown away. Are you serious? Is that your Charles impersonation? Here it is. Here it is. I've known Charles forever. I can never predict exactly what he's going to do. Well, that's like also why I like doing the podcast with Topher, too, because we used to argue about movies. That was the whole thing. So we've carried that on well into here. Oh, and also, this is my time to give the official uh, You Were Right. About what? Batman versus Superman. Oh, oh yes the more it's it's one of those did you I was, rewatch it I, when i i've i don't think i've rewatched the whole thing but it's the more i sit and think about it the more i'm like you know what charles was right this isn't good <laughs> and i and you're gonna have to go back and listen to our here and there over the uh batman versus superman and i'm sitting there defending it and we spent about 20 minutes arguing but now that I've been removed from it for a year to kind of chew on it, Charles is totally right. It's not a <laughs> Thank good Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it was so bad. And there's the extended cut, which I never watched, but uh, I heard yeah. it made it a little better. It's got good, it has good parts, but the overall story, yeah, it's a mess. Yeah, you were right. Cool, cool. That's a, yeah, that's what I like to hear. <sighs> and we, okay, so going forward, um, you know, obviously we got to figure out the dynamic of this podcast because we'd like to continue it um kelly and i have a few ideas um i don't know if we want to reveal those just yet or what do you think kelly got a few things uh, that we're pretty much down the pipeline pretty much going to happen yeah I, I mean i'll i'll leave it up to you honestly i'm good either way so we're um we've decided that we're going to actually bring uh mark on board to kind of take over the mic position. It's basically, you know, we just wanted someone else with an M sounding name. And <laughs> That's what it was. It was Micah, Mark, you know. And for those of you, <laughs> Mark, Dr. Mike was uh, a close second. Mark is the, I guess, the co-captain of the ship, uh, James Bond here and there. Mm-hmm. He's a co-host with Kelly on that. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. can, if you want to get familiar with his voice, you can go there. Or also the episodes, um, James Bond modern james bond yeah that's right that was i was like didn't you just say that with the, yeah, no, the, no you're talking modern, about the actual podcast the, the um, modern james bond movie yeah he and, did he uh, no it was yeah but it wasn't was modern it was daniel craig it was daniel, daniel craig, craig bond daniel movies. craig bond okay that's what it, Which, that's what it, that's <laughs> very, what it, very specific um very he's specific. done a few of them with us um but yeah, yeah. and then was there was a, another he's done a few of them. He, he did the star wars ones too tim burton as well and i think he did he did this he did the force awakens and um and he did the special episode yeah rogue one the so, Rogue One special episode. So yeah. we, we think he'll be coming down and, you know, being able to do that um, with us. And, you know, that's, that's one aspect. And so we're going to do that. We're going to do more Here and There series. We're going to do more actor spotlights like we did with Marlon Brando. So, you know, excuse me, this beer Micah gave me. Whoa, I'm hiccuping. Um, but, yeah, no, that's uh, that's that's really, truly, like, I think we, we'll we we'll do some cool stuff in the, in the future. But it's definitely going to be a different podcast without you, man. So, uh, you know. 
Yeah. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. But I enjoy listening to it. Yeah. Well, uh, and like I said, you are always welcome back. So it's kind of pretty sad right now. But because um, yeah. we actually, I did more episodes with you than I did with Topher on the original one. Oh, like quadruple more. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like we did quite a bit more. So this, you know, when I first switched over, it's like, ah, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to have quite the same dynamics. It's not going to be the same thing. And then it ended up being its own thing and equally as good. And we did more of it, you know. So. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it's life, and, you know, you have three kids now, yeah. so I, I have one, and it's hard enough, so, you know, the, the three I can definitely understand, so, it's life. Maybe maybe yeah. someday uh, your 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 sons <laughs> and daughter will want to come on the show, and, you know, in the future, you'll, like, like 10 years from now, they'll come on. Our dad made us listen to these. 20 years from now, they'll be like, yeah, we, you know, we're, you know we, we love Desperado, so... <laughs> Well, guys, I love you both, and uh, I'm Aww. so happy to have this opportunity. Uh, it was, it's a lot of fun, and um, I'm gonna miss you. Yeah, I'm getting all emotional. I'm drinking a beer. I know. Is it tear my beer? Because I'm and... crying for you. I got a tear. Is that a really Nelson song? No, it's uh, Hank, um, Williams. Hank Williams Senior. Ah, oh, I knew it. You're in Nashville. Come on now. I know. I I just dropped the ball there, but yeah. Yeah, Micah, we love you too. We we will miss you. So. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, oh, you've got to sing Desperado. You promised you sing okay. Desperado. All right, no here problem. we go. <laughs> well, you promised to speak Spanish. I don't speak Spanish. How can okay. I promise that? Desperado, why don't you come to your senses? You've been now riding fences for so long now. I gotta say that I am very disappointed that that song was not in the movie i've always been disappointed by that <laughs> at least come on in the in credits or something just like even on piano just something but nope it's not in there it's like the episode missed opportunity of, if you ever watched the larry sanders show on his last uh episode last whatever they clint back clint black did a cover of that song and he came on the show and sang that song it's a very sad moment so this yeah. is this is what it's doing to me it's full circle uh, well, thanks for listening to us, guys. You can check us out on Twitter at the Good Bad Podcast, also on Facebook, It's Just Awesome, and also at itsjustawesome.com where we have uh, reviews. Uh, like we said earlier, we're going to be trying to do a monthly series where we spotlight an actor. So if you have any requests for that, if, hey, if you want to hear Rod- Rodriguez, if you want us to go on about that, maybe Richard Linkletter, we haven't done him yet, um, then uh, we can um, definitely do that and um yeah and also check us out on itunes help us get to be the featured podcast on you know on the featured podcast page subscribe to us like us share us around let's let's get this thing taken off right when micah leaves (laughs) 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 no just the timing sucks but yeah seriously help us out here (laughs) well thanks a lot for listening guys yep (sighs) sigh have a good one